point of privilege. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. I can handle things. I'm smart. This is Armstrong and Getty. Pretty damn cool. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. I wanted to talk about this. So, as I've said before, I don't blame schools for getting caught flat-footed. No, nobody ever saw this coming. I didn't think there'd ever be a chance that you'd have to close down schools and teach everybody remotely all of a sudden out of nowhere. And so people were scrambling and weren't ready for it. But, oh, my God, it, it was a mess and it was a disaster. And the kids didn't learn anything uh, second half of last year. And it's not a whole lot better a lot of places this year. And these online platforms, um, there's a number of problems with them. This long article that Sean uh, highlighted for me, I didn't get through the whole thing. It's very long and very entertaining about this one platform called a Cellus Learning Accelerator. Um, it was being used in La Mesa Spring Valley in the San Diego area, also Alameda a School District in the Bay Area of California. And it's just a disaster. I oh mean, boy. it's just a mess in all kinds of different ways. I'll give you an interest. Uh, One lesson showed an image of a bank robber while depicting Harriet Tubman's escape from slavery. (laughs) Another asked students, which terrorist group was led by Osama bin Laden and listed towel ban as a possible answer? Towel Um, ban? Towel ban. Um, It's not like that was the decoy answer. No, there there wasn't Taliban and towel ban. It's just just really, really sloppy and hastily thrown together by people who claim to have uh, PhDs but don't seem to have any teaching degrees of anything. And it's just it's a mess in all kinds of different ways. Fraud. And the details of it are are pretty entertaining. Um, Another video for young children introduces the letter G with a gun. You know, I'm not as freaked out by guns as a lot of people, but there are plenty of things you could use for G. Seems like an odd choice when (laughs) grapes and gorillas are on Earth. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's really funny. Um, uh, But the schools hadn't vetted this system. Oh, um, there was a a cartoon character called Sweetie Lips. That's a lipstick-wearing cartoon pig. That appears in some of the online instruction. Wait a minute. I'm entertained. Uh, Tell me more about this, Sweetie Some Lips. other characters ask Sweetie Lips, where did your name come from? And she blushes and she says, don't ask. We're not even going there. Oh, my. What the heck is that? My. You can put lipstick on a pig. Wow. It's still a pig. One video for first graders posted by a, another parent who's unhappy with this platform shows a cartoon duck reacting to police sirens by fleeing the scene. <laughs> Get back to the sexy ham. Do <laughs> Two of my passions coming together right there. Uh, one class where they're supposed to be learning fractions and equations. The math lesson was actually teaching simple addition and subtraction for numbers under 10. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so how did schools end up adopting this? How many? How did so many schools around the country end up relying on a cellist for remote learning? Well, one explanation is that it promises the exact thing schools and parents like me were screaming about is you got to get everything on one platform. This whole patchwork of websites with different we- with different logins and passwords and everything for nine different things is not working. It's a disaster. Wow. So this offered everything on one one platform. So schools said, sign me up without apparently doing hardly any investigation <laughs> into wow. whether or not the thing was worth a damn or not. Wow. So that's kind of funny on its own. And this stuff wasn't cheap either. The schools have to pay a pretty penny to get access to whatever this distance learning course is. Worth mentioning right there how freely people spend other people's money. Um, Well, if you want talking sex pigs, you're going to have to pay for it. (laughs) All right? I mean, 
Doesn't I'm, come cheap. I'm angry about a couple of platforms that have been pushed in uh, learning environments my kids have been adjacent to, I'll be very vague, that upsell you in the damn program. And this, can't, this we can't have this. So the, the teachers want your kid to get on this particular platform to learn about typing, for instance, or a variety of things, and you earn, like, gold coins. I mean, it's the same um, it's the same influence as all your video games. You earn gold coins, and kids just automatically want to get more gold coins so you mm-hmm. can buy online things. Well, to get to the next level, you have to sign up for the $10 a month package if you want to be able to do that. And if you want to have a hammer, which can earn even more gold coins, you have to sign up for the $50 a month platform. Oh, boy. And uh, and, and my kid— This uh, is through the school. <laughs> through the, Well, this, the school is promoting it. I don't know. Technically, through the school, I think everybody was just scrambling to find websites— that would teach the stuff they want to teach. I don't know if they just don't get it or don't care or what, but the idea that my kid is coming to me and saying, can I sign up for this? I can only get the gold coins if I'm, you know, a gold member at $20 a month. That stinks. Oh, my god. That gosh. is no good at all. Wow. And that's uh, common in a couple of different uh, programs that uh, my kid is supposed to be on. <sighs> We got to do better than this. Yeah, and I realize, yeah. like I said, it came on, it came out of nowhere, but it shouldn't be that hard to get some educators together with some people that understand how you keep kids' attention and that sort of stuff. Craft some nonprofit, non-crazy online platforms that can be uh, used for learning. Yeah, where you don't have sex pigs or a uh, a membership you have to buy. Boy, that's troubling. Uh, yeah. The the uh, failed New York Times had a long uh, conversation between like four or five different people, uh, education professionals, reporters, whatever. Uh, the The title of the article was, Will 2020 Be a Lost Year for American Children? And there's one part in particular I really want to share with you next hour, if you get the Armstrong and Getty Show next hour. If you don't, uh, well, bemoan your terrible fate or complain to your local station or Go to armstrongandgetty.com and uh, download the podcast. Listen to that explicit new Taylor Swift CD. I'm I'm shocked. She, uh, the pure-hearted uh, American uh, girl next door, has well, gone porno. She's grown up, Joe. I don't think she's gone porno. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to be sensational. Um, but uh, quite a few schools. I mean, we've gotten a number of texts today from people whose kids are getting back into the classroom at a variety of levels. So maybe the online distance thing won't become as important, but. Right. Uh, it can't be that. How hard could it be to throw together some sort of online learning platform for like simple math and reading stuff like that that doesn't include porno pigs or selling you a membership? It can't be that difficult. No, and I have a feeling they exist. But keep in mind that those platforms have to conform to various, you know, bureaucraties requirements and check boxes. And in the case of this one, it appears they just faked it up. You're always talking about, you know, missing opportunities, obvious opportunities. When this thing started, should have quickly gotten with somebody who's a programmer and thrown together some sort of online learning platform. Yeah. And then it's all about the salesmanship, which that part we could do. But, I mean, you know, just quickly get it out to schools. You need a platform? We got it for you. You know, we're not going to have Harriet Tubman uh, per- portrayed as a bank robber in it, but <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Mailback. It's not, in my opinion. Our freedom-loving quote of the day from Ludwig von Mises. Actually, he has so many great quotes, I'm going to do two. All rational action is in the first place individual action. 
Only the individual thinks, only the individual reasons, only the individual acts. And this one too, I like very much. He who is unfit to serve his fellow citizens wants to rule them. Moving along to the correspondence proper, I'd like to feature the following email from Paul and Bonnie Lake. It's outstanding. Hey, Joe, what if you ran a marriage like the grievance studies folks want to run the country? Judy would carefully curate a collection of stories of everything you've ever done wrong in your life. She would even adjudicate past incidents by today's standards, like your early dates, her wedding ring, her honeymoon. You've got money. Why were you such a cheap bastard? And don't give me that garbage that you really splurged by the standards of that day. That's no excuse. She would dredge up every hurtful word or act you ever did and rehearse them to the point that she could rattle them off at you like Gatlin gunfire with the same effect. That would be bad enough, but it really isn't an apt comparison to grievance studies. That would be if Judy was holding you responsible for everything any husband had ever done for the past 400 years. That's pretty good. <clears throat> you've never cheated on her. You've never abused her. You've never called her that horrible name. What horrible name? Mm. Um, <clears throat> but the, other the men B have word? done those things in their to their wives, and you have to pay for it. Few marriages could last under the first scenario, but none would survive the second. This stuff has got to be stopped. I thought that was an interesting comparison. Um <clears throat> It's it's imperfect, but I'm not sure how far down that you know road I want to go. Um, because there is a history of, of awfulness in the country, and we should be aware of it. Uh, but there's being aware of it. There's being there's dealing with it. There's wallowing in it. Then there's using it as an excuse to institute Marxism. That's the part I object to. <clears throat> yeah, but but the point of. Okay, there's a history of awfulness. What's that got to do with me? I'm not doing it. Right. And I didn't do it 100 years ago or 400 years ago. Right. Right. If so are, what price should I pay? If discriminatory practices of the past have an actual effect on what's going on today, we can talk about it. That's fine. But demonizing people by the color of their skin and saying they're automatically born twisted and, and flawed and racist is horrific and racist. Moving along. Uh, why is the U.S. not popular abroad now? Uh, here is one possible reason. Uh, there isn't any foreign TV station affiliated with Fox News, but plenty of stations affiliated with the Alphabet Networks. And all over the world, CNN is one of the very few English news channels, English language, along with the BBC, New York Times, Washington Post, and AP. They're the only printed U.S. news sources for the world. I'm surprised that there's anyone outside of the U.S. holding any positive views toward the United Excellent States or point. President Trump. You hear nothing but smears. Trump is a racist, lies, locks immigration kids in it cages, etc., Excellent point. It's it's amazing if you think about the fact that the the news that people around the world get is CNN. Right. Which is a vestige back when they did real journalism. I mean, have you not caught on that they're just a pile of ideological crap at this point? Oh, garbage. Speaking of which. That is really terrible. Yeah, it is. It is terrible. Especially because CNN is in the business of slander, slandering the American people, slandering the, you know, the culture. Um, you know, if they want to slander the government, that's that's a constitutional right, and that's fine. But um, they are making their money now on America haters, and uh, and spreading that awful gospel worldwide. And as regular regularly point out, they're <laughs> the the kings of having nine people on a panel discussing a topic, and they all agree. Right. There's nobody there with a dissenting opinion. Never any dissent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
This time of year, man, there's all kinds of sales going on, and you're looking for a deal. How about this with Simply Safe Home Security? First of all, it's the best home security system that you can get, according to U.S. News and World Report. Best home security of 2020. Also won CNET Editor's Choice for Home Security. Was named Best of 2020 by Forbes and Popular Mechanics. But here's the special deal for this time of year. Get 50% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera right now. Now, the deal ends on Friday, but 50% off any Simply Safe system with a free security camera. That's pretty impressive. Now, this is something you can set up yourself in 30 minutes. It's really easy. Then Simply Safe security specialists take over, monitoring your home around the clock, ready to send emergency help the moment there is an alarm. It is so good. It's so easy to use. It's so easy to sim- set up, and you can save a lot of money right now. Get 50% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera by visiting simplysafe.com/armstrong. Again, the deal expires on Friday. simplysafe.com/armstrong. Traditional Halloweens could be high risk. Here's your advice for mask wearing, Joe. Hmm. A costume mask is not a substitute for a cloth mask, says the CDC guidance. A costume mask should not be used unless it's made of two or more layers of breathable fabric that covers the mouth and nose and doesn't have gaps. This is the part I really like. The CDC says that people should not wear a costume mask over a protective cloth mask because the costume mask may make it hard to breathe. I like it when the government has guidelines like that for its people. You know what you do? You put a mask on your kid and you say, and they would say, I can't breathe with this on. You'd say, okay, well, you take that off. Or you'd, or you'd say to your kid, can you breathe okay? Yeah, I can breathe fine. That's the way every single normal human being would handle that situation in the history of the world, as opposed to a government guideline telling you that. What a beautiful illustration of what I was talking about with Eric Garcia. How he's lived in the fantasy world where you have to warn people, <laughs> if you can't breathe, take it off. <laughs> you have to warn them. When the pizza comes out of the oven, it may be hot. Don't grab it with your bare hands because it was just been in the oven. Yeah. Yeah, we know. Boy, that's that's it's so horrible. It's fabulous. Don't hold the nail with your thumb over the top because when you strike it, it's going to really hurt. How did Joe die? Well, he was uh, his uh, his, uh, Halloween costume included not one but two dry cleaning bags tightly fastened over his head. And he, he, he died of asphyxia. He'd seen no government warnings. He couldn't breathe, you see, but it didn't dawn on him to take off his costume till he died. Uh, many of the lower-risk activities are safe alternatives. Try carving or decorating pumpkins with just your household. If you do want to get creative with some friends or family who don't live with you, sit outside at a safe distance. You know, it's funny. Departing from the topic for the moment. You know, the old if-you-had-a-time-machine discussion? Mm-hmm. I would be sorely tempted to use it to go back in time when my three kids were little and we carved pumpkins. Damn it. Oh, pretty my good. God. It's a pretty oh, good one. Yeah. That's the stuff of life right there. That's why we're there. That's why we're on Earth. To fashion pumpkins into scary faces. <laughs> no. No, to be with the no, ones no, we... No, that's not what I meant. Uh, no, to be with the ones we love. <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. I miss those days. Yeah. It's awesome. And they slip away so fast. Oh, As mentioned the other so day, the, true. the fact that I don't read to them at night anymore, that, that, that it's over. It's oh. just, and it's over forever. It's not like it's going to come back once a year or anything. Yeah. You know, I had kids too late to enjoy grandkids probably, so I, you know, I've screwed myself out of that too. And then, yeah, um, I remember these, uh, you know, affectionate, funny bedtime rituals we had. And then one night it's, yeah, good night, Dad. Yeah. Right. Ah! Right. What just, how'd you, last night you were, and it's over. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Cue sunrise sunset from Fiddler on the Roof, Michael. No, don't don't play it. It's too sad. Sam lost a dancing contest at school yesterday, he said. 
What sort of school is this? <laughs> I thought, is this the movie <laughs> fame. fame or West Side Story? Or yeah. what about all these yeah. dancing contests? Anyway, I think I think it's pretty easy to figure out what happened here. My 10-year-old. It was um, fixed. <laughs> Liberals. I said, how did you end up in a dancing contest? This was during recess. And he said this kid, this new friend of his, uh, challenged him to a dancing contest. Well, you know why the kid challenged him to a dancing contest? Because he's probably really good at dancing. he's really good at dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah duh. He's really good at it. And Sam said, it's like his bones have extra joints in him, the way he move around and everything. Like I said, yeah, I know. You watch people who can dance, and it is as if their limbs are different than your limbs. Yeah, well. It's really quite amazing. They anyway, yeah, be. so if you're really good at something, just go around challenging them to it. Oh, man. I, I don't can't. know what I would challenge people to do, but. We found, um, I, uh, we'll get back to the thread in a second, but we have a great email. I have a great email somewhere where uh, one of our beloved listeners, kid, got in trouble in distance learning. Because the teacher, the, the gym teacher, told him, all right, now run around in a circle for 10 minutes till I tell you to stop in your home. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Just wanted him to run around the room yeah. for 10 minutes. Yeah, they're doing that with uh, the, the PE on the online PE. Wow. A lot of, like, in your bedroom or wherever you're doing it. Yeah, I don't want to be too cynical because it's an extremely difficult ask of teachers. Well, plus, the <clears> kids <throat> are sitting there in front of that computer. you got to get them up and jumping around a little bit before you get them to sit back down and try Absolutely. and get them to but pay ten, any attention. Ten minutes of running around in a circle. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. of the Armstrong and Getty Show. So uh, Hollywood has gotten even more insufferable, but I want to finish up this list of eight weird DARPA projects I came across. Uh, Plant-eating robots, uh, houses or forts, essentially, that repair themselves. It's engineered cells and 3D printing put together. So a blast comes through the wall. It heals itself to protect the soldiers. Amazing stuff. Lab-grown blood. They grow red blood cells in a lab um, instead of inside human beings and then have to uh, get a transfusion or, you know, donations or whatever. And it's decreased the cost of a unit of transfusable blood from more than $90,000 to less than five. Yeah, Nothing got, counts so much as blood. I got to believe making blood that would work would be a huge, huge deal for the battlefield. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, cyborg insects. A way to piggyback sensors on real insects. DARPA's spy bugs, part of a 2006 project that wanted to do what we described there, working with University of Michigan and Cornell. Within a few years, researchers had developed interfaces capable of controlling insects' actions. Does that fly have a microphone? If plain old spy bugs weren't wild enough, the insects eventually received nuclear power as well. Oh, Okay. Nuclear-powered yeah. cyberbugs. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, brain implants for PTSD treatment. Mm. They're working on that. Uh, robotic infantry mules. Robotic mule. That's funny. That's my new uh, Southern Jam band. Um, it's uh, They're actually kind of cool. Well, they look exactly like you'd think they'd look. It's a robotic mule. 
It's uh, to carry heavy uh, items during combat. Um, Let's focus on the nuclear fleas and more on the PTSD brain implant stuff. If if I was in charge of resources of uh, these things. They got plenty of resources. Uh, Also related to the mechanical mule is the mechanical elephant that was uh, DARPA began working on that in the 60s during Vietnam because it's so hard to move material through the dense foliage and the rest of it. And they thought, all right, elephants do pretty well. So we need to design a, a, a mechanical elephant. Um, but when the director of DARPA shut, heard of the project, he immediately shut it down because he thought it sounded so ridiculous Congress would yank their funding. <laughs> so anyway, and then finally, a nuke-propelled spaceship. DARPA invests in researching space travel. Project Orion is a program that's been going on for decades now to research new means of spaceship propulsion, uh, including uh, relying on nuclear bomb detonations to power a craft forward. To hit astonishing speeds, uh, but they were worried about nuclear fallout and and banned this project in the '60s uh, because of uh, you know uh, various treaties that banned exploding weapons in space. I had a friend. Um, He's a friend. I, wish I, was, I had a mechanical mule. I had a friend. I was at his wedding. He was at mine. That's uh, pretty friendly. Yeah. Um. Uh. He was a computer genius, and um. Everybody in the world was trying to hire him for various stuff. DARPA wanted to hire him, or the government wanted to hire him to work at DARPA, and it was going to mm. pay really well, but he couldn't handle the idea of contributing to the weapons of war. So he didn't huh. want to do it, which I thought was, I'd rather we have the best than they have the best, because wars are going to keep happening. But Especially, yeah, that's modern my political America view. engages in no conquest or anything like that. We just try to keep things functioning. Um, before- I would do it. Of course, DARPA wouldn't have me. What are you good at? <laughs> I, I can make jokes about the news. It was kind of interesting to see what it's like if you're talented, because um, he was, like I said, a computer genius. And when he got out of like regular college, like, every college in America was just throwing crap at him to try to get him to come there. And we eventually went to Columbia, but just everybody. And I thought, mm-hmm. that must be wild. It'd What's be, it like to be wanted? Is that fun? It'd be like it'd be like being a star athlete, only it's a skill that isn't going away in a few years. Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you can do it the rest of your life. Right. What is it like to be wanted? Is that I've always fun? wondered. <laughs> yeah. Is that fun? Well, it's got to be kind of interesting. So CNN had a picture of a young Joe Biden with his son, uh, like, laying on his chest. A very cute picture, Dad, yeah. and, like, a Lovely. four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And the kid's got a, a a maroon cap with a yellow ball on top of it. And somebody... Now, just a, a quick pause. Is this uh, war hero passed away far too early from cancer son or stripper impregnating son? So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Profiteering in China, stripper impregnating son. I don't actually know which son it was, but uh, cute dad. And who am I to impugn exactly. the, the art of exotic dance? He wasn't doing it at that time as a four-year-old with his head on dad's You know, chest. it's an excellent point. Um, but anyway, this is a cute picture, and the kid's wearing a maroon cap, and uh, somebody thought, wait a second, that's clearly a Washington Redskins cap, and they did a Google image and came up with the original picture. CNN or somebody had photoshopped out the Redskins logo so the oh. kid's just wearing a maroon knit cap oh. without the Redskins because this is early 70s. Well, they're l- literally now erasing history. What because the, what you is the think matter that, with you people? Because you would think that Joe Biden and his son were anti-Native American, I guess, if he had worn a, if he had worn a Redskins cap living in Washington, D.C. in the 70s. Oh, my God. I mean, how insane are we going to get? I, I don't. That's bizarre. Well, I guess that's political activism. That's not like erasing history like the Marxists want to do. 
with pulling but down the statues. Who would even think of it? I don't know. I, the the woke young people in America's newsrooms. That may be our most serious problem. So I wish we didn't have to talk about this part of the holiday season, but it's just true. There's always a rise in break-ins during the holidays, and it's why Simply Safe Home Security is having this huge holiday sale right now. 50% off any Simply Safe system with a free security camera. Now, you've heard us talk about Simply Safe, and part of the reason it's called Simply Safe is it's simple to use, it's simple to set up. Uh, it takes you about 30 minutes to set it up. It's super easy. You can do it yourself. But you might think, well, okay, it's kind of a light version of security then no it's it's the best in fact it's the best home security of 2020 according to u.s news and world report it won the cnet editor's choice for home security and was named best of 2020 by forbes and popular mechanics so it's great you set it up in 30 minutes then the security specialists take over monitoring your home around the clock ready to send emergency help the moment there's an alarm get 50 percent off simply safe plus a free security camera today by visiting simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Deal expires Friday. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Anyway, uh, as as Lincoln and others have, have put it, there is no uh, uh, outside force that can end the United States. There's no existential threat to the U.S. from without. The only thing that can ruin us is, is within. I almost hate to quote James Lindsay on this because he might regret have regretted saying it. He is the woke expert. He is the critical race theory expert in America, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he tirelessly battles against it. But I heard him on a podcast the other day, and he he tries to be non-political. He's obviously a lefty, but he, he he's not into politics at all. He said, I don't see, and they're talking about the presidential election, you know, what do you think would make it better or worse? And he said, I don't see any breaks on this at all. I see no brakes on it so far. It, we're just oh, like a car's brakes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. a car's brakes. Uh-huh. We're just screaming the direction of this stuff right now. He said the only difference is I think Biden winning would be an accelerator, just because you know he's not going to push back on that car. Like like Trump ended critical race theory in government. Uh, training yeah. over the weekend yeah i saw that actual letter that was great biden wouldn't do that no. just to, you know no. to not cross those people yeah and you're I right think, Lindsay's I, not political at all but he's socio-political so he probably does regret saying that but that it's undeniable <laughs> since we're going to talk about movies this movie debuted 40 years ago i'm not sure it ever won any oscars we're here to talk about a different kind of odds and that is the odds that will be in your favor when you exhibit Perhaps the greatest comedy motion picture of all time. This is going to make E.T. look like Raiders of the Lost Ark. This what? is going to be the kind of thing that your children are going to say, Dad, I can look up to you now, and I never could before. Isn't it worth it? God, I mean, we made a lot of cheap movies for you guys. It made a lot of money. But now we kind of spend a little more than we're supposed to. Columbia Pictures has spared no expense to make this a fine science fiction comedy. Okay, so they're talking about the movie Ghostbusters. And it is... Pe- That's Dan Aykroyd and uh, Bill Murray talking about yeah. Ghostbusters. They, they put that out to theaters to convince them to show the movie? It was a, it was something they sent out to particularly independent theaters saying, hey, this is a, this is a little something you might want to consider at your little art house cinema. Now you had one guy with the, one of the Ghostbusters was a black guy. So they were okay. Yes. Winston was a black guy. And, and then the one guy was Jewish, I believe. Uh, well, Rick the Moranis is. was in the movies, but I don't think, uh, I guess later on he was kind of an ancillary ghostbuster. The reason, I don't think Jewish counts as a minority for some reason. The reason this is important is, and I'm reading for the LA Times, new Oscar standards require best picture contenders must be inclusive to compete. If you want to win, 
the Oscar for Best Picture, and I do. You have to hat you meet need to meet certain quotas to do it, which is the way all great art is made. Certainly, we all know novels, songs, movies, television shows. Um, the best art is made with quotas. So they came up with this a couple of uh, months ago. This is a, a an attempt to be more diverse. To be eligible for Best Picture, a film must meet at least two standards. On, uh, across four categories of uh, diversity, on-screen representation, themes, and narratives. So the theme of the movie has to be inclusive of a variety of groups. And it's uh, underrepresented groups, including women, people of color, LGBTQ plus people, and those with cognitive or physical disabilities. You have to touch on at least some of those, not only in the cast, and they're talking about the main cast, Um. I'll read from what it says in the New York Times. Those standards required one of the at least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an unrepresented, underrepresented racial or ethnic group. One of the lead actors or significant supporting actors. So in that group of people that the movie's all about, you can't have, if it's a World War One movie, a bunch of white guys. No. No. You gotta have, I don't know, a uh a, a black guy wander through the trench or at least a mariachi band. At least thirty percent. Look, they've sent a mariachi band with clearly Mexican people to entertain the troops. All right, shut them up, or we're going to be bombed by the Germans. Then the mariachis just run off, and you never see them again. There you go. There's your Oscar bait. Oh my God, Joe Getty, Hollywood quota consultant. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I got this. All right, you got a touching coming-of-age story set in a Norwegian filming uh, fishing village. A uh, 16-year-old boy and girl in love trying to confront uh, their Nazi past. Uh, let's see. Let's have the Globetrotters come to town <laughs> and play an exhibition game. And on one of the, no, the dates, they go see the Globetrotters. Check. $100,000. <laughs> yes. At least 30% of all actors in secondary and minor roles are from certain underrepresented groups. And the main Jenny, Jenny, call the Globetrotters again. <laughs> and the main storyline theme or narrative of the movie has to be centered on an underrepresented group to qualify for a Best Picture Oscar nomination. And they went through the list of a bunch of movies that might not have made it that have won, you know, lots of Oscars, wow. including 1917, the World War One film, or The Irishman that came out last year and was a piece of crap, but in yes. theory was a great movie. It was bad, but it was long. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I, I find this absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, well. And this is from liberals, people who think art is important, people who send their kids to expensive colleges to get art degrees. They want to have constraints on art. The liberals do. Yeah. Yeah. Quotas. All right. Good luck with that. My loathing of Hollywood. Well, it could get a little more intense as it turns out, but just... If, if, if it didn't indicate what James Lindsay's been talking about, that this is coming on hard in society as a whole, I could just roll my eyes and move on and say, good, eat yourselves. You are cannibalizing yourselves, and I think it's hilarious. But it does mean that that sort of racialist thinking where everything is broken down to your identity group, you can only get a job if you're this, or you can only be fired if you're not that, or you, know, you can only move into a neighborhood. We have quotas in neighborhoods, quotas in everything. 
You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Mailbag. Speaking of which, I heard old Chuck Schumer doubling down on the it was a dying wish. Oh, for goodness sakes. That seems to be working with some people. Let's not govern by dying wishes, people. Children and fools it might work with. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Ludwig von Mises again. The champions of socialism call themselves progressives, but they recommend a system which is characterized by rigid observance of routine and by a resistance to every kind of improvement. They call themselves liberals, but they are intent upon abolishing liberty. They call themselves Democrats, but they yearn for dictatorship. They call themselves revolutionaries, but they want to make the government omnipotent. They promise the blessings of the Garden of Eden, but they plan to transform the world into a gigantic post office. Every man but one, a subordinate clerk in a bureau. Oof! He was half economist, half poet. God, I was at the post office again the other day. Why was I there? I don't remember. And uh, and just I was just standing in line forever, looking around, just thinking this would never happen in the private sector. Nope. None of none of this that I'm looking at. This nope. is crazy. You wouldn't go anymore. Jeff from North Carolina with a nice uh, note. Joe, yesterday's show uh, showed why your listener base has grown. You approached the SCOTUS topic with an open mind, addressed it with objectivity and nuance. I believe I was objective and Jack was nuanced. Mm. That's why there were two. There are the two of us here. Other talk shows will have their minds made up before the show, then spend the next several hours explaining why they are right. Or I could be completely wrong. Love the show, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Nice to hear from you. On what topic? Uh, the SCOTUS thing, just mm. in general. Um, uh, oh, Bonnie writes, I like this. The frenzied buying of toilet paper has pivoted to a frenzied buying of real estate. It feels like it did when there was frenzied buying leading up to the uh, last the real estate crash. Yeah, I'm worried about I wonder that. wonder how, how the people that were fighting over toilet paper feel now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you needed it at the time. Very clean, I'd imagine. If you needed it at the time. <clears throat> I think that's one of the few things at the grocery store I would fight for. If you need it, yeah. yeah. You got to have it. Yeah. There are very few other things I have to have. You got to get a bidet like me and change your life. I think you're right. Best thing in the world. <laughs> um, I don't even have working bathrooms at all, so. <laughs> and Mr. Bidet over here. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's talking about his bidet. Well, I don't yeah. even have a bathroom in my home. Joe's got an attendant. I feel... <laughs> I feel terrible. I feel like I rolled up to a homeless camp in a Rolls Royce and said, why don't you have Rolls Royces? <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I found this so thought-provoking from Tom. Uh, Divided will survive, he writes. Fifty years from now, none of us alive will recognize this country. We will split into separate country states resembling Europe. The regions will be broken into common factors, language, culture, and, yes, morality. This will happen after years of internal strife, worldwide devastation, including nuclear exchanges starting in Asia and spreading worldwide. Our national leaders will lead us down these paths, and our populace will walk happily into oblivion following our leaders. Um, <clears throat> that may be. Uh, oh, so boy. he envisions a multi-semi-autonomous state future for the U.S. of A. Um, I, this is, you know, I could engage in a long, stoned conversation about that. Uh, with with friends and probably enjoyed a great deal. Not that I would be stoned. I am not a marijuana fiend. Let's see. Yeah. Well, the, the point really is, everybody needs to catch on to the fact that we're 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 crossing lines or talking about crossing lines that there might not be any coming back from. Yes. Yeah. In terms of tearing down the institutions of the country. 
More on that to come, obviously. But uh, Brian and Andrea in beautiful Napa, California, right? Uh, my wife and I were just joking about the idea of being invited to your debate party next Tuesday. Uh, we're looking so forward to the spectacle. We'll bring wine. That's eh, tempting. I can tell you guys are discouraged with the media cycle and all of the conflicts in our country, in our society. Have faith. There are many great people doing great things in this world, including your team. They say that's a very kind. Talking about Sean and Michael and right. Hanson. Right. Chin up, fellas. You wouldn't believe the laughter and confirmation you give to the little people like us every day. Please. I know I'm hilarious. <laughs> Thanks, Brian and Andrea. That's nice of you to say. A little uh, little pat on the back in these troubled times. It, it means a lot to a fella. Were, were you able to find a theremin sound, Sean? I have not only theremin. I have Leon Theremin playing Okay, the theremin. Right, right, Hang on for a second. Old man Fred. I uh, haven't heard from you for a while, Fred. Good to, good to read your, your stuff again. Says, Joe, dust off one of your theremins and bring it to the studio. Yeah, I accidentally, after a couple of cocktails one night, ordered not one but two theremins. You can play it whenever mention is made of RBG's dying wish about a replacement. Spooky. Governing by dying wishes. <laughs> That's the inventor of the theremin playing the theremin? He's the master of it. Listen to it. I should invent an instrument and declare myself the master of it. I could listen to that all day. <laughs> It is relaxing, and it feels like we have already. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.